Axiom, the tasty truth. Hey there, ladies and germs. This is Elder Bryson on I Like Your Style. Uh, today, we have the band Stablemate here with us to talk about some of their music. And uh, they're from uh, Washington, right? Yeah, that's correct. We're from a small town called Gig Harbor, Washington, about an hour south of Seattle. Perfect. All right. So uh, t- tell us a little bit about Stablemate. What's, the, what's your guys' deal? What are you about? All right. Well, what are we about? I don't know. I mean, I guess <laughs> we're just Connor and I have been making music together since we were in freshman in high school. And it's just kind of something that we've continued to do until, you know, now we're both 26. So uh, it's something that we love doing. It's something that, you know, has, has been quite a journey for us and has, has ended up in this, in this 10 song LP that we'll be you know, releasing this fall that we're really excited about. And yeah, we're, we're just a couple of guys who, who love making music. Sweet. Uh, sweet. So that's, that's the, that's the origin. You guys just been playing forever. And then where'd the name stable mate come from? Uh, stable <laughs> mate came from, uh, at first I heard it in a, in a podcast that I enjoyed listening to. And uh, it seemed just really familiar when I heard it. And uh, it's also a lyric in a, in a Boney Bear song that Mitch and I uh, like a lot. And stable mate, I mean, the definition of it is just kind of like, you know, different horses, but from the same stable. Um, you know, they kind of grew up together. So that's kind of Mitch and me's uh, story in a handbasket there. Yeah, Connor and I are notori- notoriously horrible at coming up with band names. Um, <laughs> it's been a, a massive struggle for us historically. And I think this is actually the first band name... Our, our, our band in high school is called Only Parisa, um, which I think is objectively not a good band name. So now that, uh, now that we've managed to hook our, hook our claws into Stablebait, we're, we're pretty excited to, to have one that's good and definitely one that has a little bit of a, you know, a connection to us. Oh, yeah. Well, what's uh, one thing you guys wish you'd known when you guys first started writing music together back in the day? Uh, that's a pretty good uh, question. That's a pretty good question. I think that one of the things I wish I'd known, because we had been playing, like Mitch said, since we were 16, kind of just uh, messing around and playing little coffee shops and didn't really know what we were doing, but we knew we loved to play music. And uh, I th- we recorded a little four song CD under that uh, shitty band name of Old New Parisa. It's on Spotify, you know, go check it out. I think we get like two listens per day. It's pretty, it's pretty dope. <laughs> That's two listens um, a day is actually really good compared to a lot of a lot of bands. Oh yeah, well then only Priest is killing it. I mean, let's, let's keep going on that. 
<laughs> we, we can just drop it. that and just, you know, we can get an only produce a follow-up if we need to. But I think the, the one thing I wish that I knew is just how much like uh, production is like a massive factor in kind of like manifesting your creative vision, so to speak. You know what I mean? <clears throat> and um, just finding the right person to to be with you in the studio and and to like really dive into what you want to do and try and help achieve that. I think that's a huge factor. And I think it, it goes, it's kind of an underrated factor as well. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, I definitely agree with that Connor. And then, you know, additionally, I think, uh, I think for me particularly is um, Connor and I, we, we obviously made music in high school and then we uh, kind of went our separate ways. I went to college and, and Connor joined the Navy and um, you know, it was something that that while I was uh, particularly while I was in while I was in in university, I, I kind of let slip away uh, and slip out of my life. And I I, I wish that uh, you know it was sort of like we hit pause. And and I guess when we had first writing, I, I, when we when we first started writing together, I wish that we uh, we would have realized that we should just just keep our heads down because you know it ended up kind of being the, the the thing that we both love doing the most. Um, and you know having having the production side and having it with Drew is sort of uh, Drew was the, is the guy who produced uh, produced our album. It's Drew Orange recording, uh, and he was just absolutely amazing and, and took our music totally to the next level. And it's absolutely a part of our our creative process. So, um, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely agree with that take completely, Connor. Oh yeah. So like when you guys went and took off to college and Navy and whatnot, and then came back and started, was there any like uh learning curve? Like, did you guys get right back in where you left off or was that like, uh, was there a struggle to get back to where you were? Oh no, no, <laughs> no, we didn't come in right where we left off at all. Yeah. It kind of, it sort of, sort of how it happened was, um, was, uh, right after I, I graduated college, I, I spent some time traveling and, in uh, in South America, and while while I was in South America, Connor was deployed in the uh, in the Persian Gulf, which which you can you can talk more about Connor. But basically, while while he was there, he was recording these demos. I, I think was it on was it in GarageBand? Was it on your MacBook or was it on an iPhone, Connor? Straight voice memos, baby. Straight <laughs> voice memos. Oh yeah. And he was sending, and he and he sent me like ten of them, and so. You know, I, I was in, in South America just traveling around, having having adventures, and, 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 and Connor sent me these demos, and it was kind of like, wow. Like, I, I just kind of felt like he, he broke through. And then uh, eventually when I came back, we, we started talking about, about turning it into an album. And, um, you know, the songs kind of developed from there, and Connor already had such a, such a solid foundation that um, we basically just hopped right into the studio and, and got straight to work and, and as we were recording, it took us, you know, over two years to get the 10 song album done. And, and as we were recording, it kind of, um, it kind of built itself. Oh yeah. So let's talk about more. How, what was that like, uh, in the Persian Gulf of trying to record songs on your voice memo on your iPhone? <laughs> yeah, dude, uh, I guess that's probably ties into the origin story. Uh, we kind of missed that out, but, uh, yeah, I mean, we, <laughs> Back in high school, going back to Only Parisa, um, we got offered like a tiny, tiny recording contract from like some sketchy record label. What was her name? Was it like it was Chant, Chant oh, Records? Chant. Yeah, shout out Chant Records. Um, and they offered us a little deal and like I kind of wanted to do it. Like we, we had a little band meeting. I kind of wanted to do it. And then I saw everyone's faces like, like yo, we're uh, we're going to college. <laughs> like, 
so everyone else is like is leaving and i you know i actually went back to the guy i was like yo everyone's leaving but like i'll do it <laughs> and, he, and they were like no no so eventually i was i mean long story short i I, I was just living at home with my mom and I was like, you know, I really want to do music, but like, <laughs> I'm not really that inspired. I'm just living up in like some attic, my mom's house, pretty much. I kind of want to get out there and do it. Everyone was just kind of doing stuff that I uh, grew up around and I just wanted to go on my own adventure. So I didn't really know what else to do. Uh, Join the Navy. Yeah. And flash forward like three years, two or three years. I was eventually deployed into the, on a ship uh, just chilling out in the uh, Middle East for about six months. And uh, it's not a lot to do out there. <laughs> it's no Netflix, nothing like that. I just had like uh, a Nintendo Switch and a guitar. And I, uh, yeah, I recorded a bunch of voice memos. And I was, I was really inspired just uh, by, you know, the lack of things to do. And like, I just had to put my mind to do something. And uh, it, it turned into something, I think, awesome. And I sent it to Mitch and, I wasn't too sure about it, but Mitch like kind of messaged me back. He's like, yo, like, I think this is it, man. You know, <laughs> he was inspired too, which made me like even more excited. And, and yeah, from there we just were inspired and went, went for it. That's awesome, man. Uh, so switching gears totally. What does the phrase sex, drugs, and rock and roll mean to you? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I mean, rock and roll, I guess music, you know, we, we definitely, we definitely relate to rock and roll in terms of sex and drugs. I mean, that's, that's not really something that's ever been a, that's ever been a part of it for us. <laughs> and so, so we, we just like, we just like making music. And I mean, we both love rock and roll. We love, we love the music that was made, especially, you know, in the, in the, in the sixties, seventies and eighties. And, um, so yeah, yeah. I mean, Connor, anything to add on, on sex, drugs and rock and roll? Sex drugs and rock and roll. Uh, no, I don't think Stablemate really <laughs> is inspired by that ideal. That's kind of like ideology from like, like you said, seventies, eighties, maybe nineties. Uh, but I think like music in the modern day is kind of starting to separate itself from that ideology. And uh, I don't know. I, I'm kind of excited about that fact because it seems to be more centered around just like authenticity and, and really trying to dig within yourself to try and give an honest you know, artistic visions. Yeah. Yeah. We just, I mean, we don't have rock and roll lifestyles. We're just normal guys who like making music. So that's kind of just, that's kind of just the way it is for us, you know? And no, I, I respect the shit out of that. That's 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 awesome. I'm I'm really glad too that people are being more about more about being authentic and less about trashing hotel rooms and in the in the industry. It's like, you know, it, it it gives a lot more credibility to it. Um, on sure. a scale of one to ten, how weird are you guys? Oh, we got to be at least eights, right, Connor? Maybe sevens. You think eight? Probably mid sevens. I would think like seven. I would say maybe it's like seven point six. What do you think? What do you think about it? Yeah, yeah, maybe maybe high six. I'll go high six. I don't think we're too weird. You don't think so? I mean, I, you're kind. Of, you're kind of weird. I'm probably weird. weird. You. I don't yeah, know. that's it. You're so. probably. I, you're a little weirder than me. You're way more awkward than me, though. That's so, true. Yeah, I'm gonna put you at about seven point eight, and me probably about a seven point five. Cool. <laughs> I can dig it. We'll still stick with that. <laughs> With that on the record books. <laughs> so we got the slightly weirder one determined for, for sure now, right? You heard it here first, folks. Uh, <laughs> Let's give it to Connor. 
So, yeah. what have you guys been listening to lately that's been inspirational to you? Ooh, uh, 2020, the year of all years. Uh, the most, uh, let's see, I've been listening to a lot of uh, Novo Amor. I don't know if you're familiar with Novo Amor, but man, he makes some just gorgeous music. Um, he's got this awesome falsetto voice and the way he uses his guitar is just incredibly unique. And I, I love listening to that guy. And uh, also the Japanese house, if you've heard that, she's uh, a girl out in the UK, I believe she's like, I don't know, young twenties and she's doing some really innovative stuff. And uh, also washed out, just came out with a record. It's like super like dream poppy. Um, yeah, none of that stuff really sounds like stable made too much, but uh, I, lo- I love the shit out of that stuff. <laughs> No, dude, that's the way to go. But uh, congratulations, because, you know, I I know the Japanese house, but like uh, I haven't heard of Novo more. And you're the first person on the show to ever like name drop a band that like I've never heard of. So points for you. Wow. Yeah. He's some guy from Wales, dude. You should really check. I think. Oh, it's amazing. Send me a link. Send me a link. I want to. I will. You're going to cry, dude. I hope you're ready to get sad. I am. I am. My my uh, my bio says you know that I make uh, music for the people who cry during the first three minutes of up. So that's what I'm about. Yes. Oh, you're gonna love Novo then. All right, sweet. Uh, <laughs> what has been your guys' uh, biggest failures as a band, and what did you learn from it? Ooh. Oh damn. Uh, I, well, I can go. I, I mean, this is pretty similar. I guess my answer is pretty similar to the what to the the way, uh, you know, what, what I wish I'd learned when we, when we started writing, but, um, you know, for, for me, I just, I, I, I wish I hadn't taken that time off and I, I wish I'd, um, dedicated myself to the, to the trap, to the, to the craft more, you know, earlier, earlier in life and not kind of gotten distracted by, by the other things that I was surrounded by because music's sort of all, all, always been the thing that I keep falling back on. And, um, you know, it, I, I feel like a lot of people realize that when they're, when they're younger. And for me, I didn't realize it until I was like 24. And so, um, so, so I sort of, I, I, I sort of wish that Connor and I had, and I, I think that this is kind of primarily my fault <laughs> to be honest, had, sure. uh, had started growing, had, had started growing stablemate, um, a, a, a little bit harder, you know, when we were, when we were in those college, college days, especially, you know, right after high school, instead of taking sort of a, sort of a brief hiatus. But, um, I mean, I think that, that what we learn from it is that, um, I mean, we're more dedicated than, than ever now to, to every single part of, of making the music and the, and the production. And, you know, I, I mean, we get, we get really granular working on the, the marketing and, and every part of the band and trying to, you know, make the best music that we can and, and, and hopefully get it to, uh, resonate with as, with as many people who are out there who it, who it might resonate with. Um, so, so I, I think we, we really kind of, learn to appreciate it um because it was something that we kept coming back to oh yeah um yeah that's that's and that's important because sometimes maybe you're just not ready what if you'd taken that record deal with that small company and you know it had gone sideways and you, it turned you off from making music forever you know because you weren't quite there yet right like, there's a lot of what ifs yeah but, absolutely uh, yeah so uh what what advice would you give to someone who's aspiring to be a musician? Oh, dang. Bryson, man, you're coming with that sweet heat, dude. You're coming with these all-star <laughs> questions. Um, I don't play well, first, of all, first, first of all, I don't think that 
maybe we aren't the greatest people to ask for advice because you know we're still really trying to figure this thing out ourselves. Yeah, man, we have no idea what's going on. But, but <laughs> does anybody? If I was asked, if I was asked, I would just invite. I would go back to that uh, authenticity is the key, right? I mean, you go back to like think about um, 4M a Forever Ago album by Bon Iver, right? I mean, right. if you just listen to that album, it's like, okay, well, this guy knows how to play guitar and he's got an interesting voice, but, um, and it's not like anything crazy musically going on, but it's just so fucking authentic, dude. And it's in the story that goes with it. It's just all so genuine and it's just, it's just a lot of feeling in it. And I think that's just the key. A lot of people are trying to like, come into this thing and like write a song with like eight different time signature changes or whatever, which is cool <laughs> and awesome. But uh, sometimes it's just, you got to strip away a lot of the excess stuff and just be authentic. Yeah. For sure. Uh, yeah, no, you're spot on. Like everybody knows that story about Bonnie Bear and like how he locked himself in a cabin in the woods through the whole winter with yeah. a, with a guitar, a, a laptop, and some a trumpet or whatever. And yeah. you know, th- his girlfriend broke up with him, and he just cried for seven months, and that album came out. You know, it's it's a beautiful story, but you're right, it's authentic, and you know, that's that's a very good point. <laughs> yeah, he just started crying. He just pressed record and just cried into the mic for like six months. And then he turned the audio to an <laughs> audio. You know. Yeah, and here's for Emma. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Um, so, who are, and this doesn't have to be music related, but uh, who are the three most uh, influential people to you? Cool. Go ahead, Mitch, man. You, you leave what? this one off now. What? Oh, man. <laughs> Okay. All right. Three most influential people to me. I mean, like, well, one person for me is, is, um, you know, my uncle was, was a musician and he died. He died when I was uh, little, his name's Kevin Gilbert. Um, and he made a lot of, a lot of music. He wrote that song by Sheryl Crow, all I want to do. And I, I, I never really got to know him, but I, I still play his guitars. Um, <laughs> because, uh, when he died, he, he gave them to my dad and my dad kind of passed them on to me. And so kind of just, um, you know, having that person in my life and, and having someone who was uh, such an incredible musician and an inspiration for me, you know, myself and in all the music that he made is, has been a big part of why I, I, I think that I, I kind of am the way that I am and sort of what drives me uh, to keep making music. And then, you know, in that same note for me, my parents absolutely are like the, some of the biggest stablemate fans out there. Um, it's so, so sort of definitely kind of family is, is, is sort of a, obviously a top one. And, and in particular, you know, my uncle who was, who was making that music and who was somebody that I could kind of listen to and, and model my own music off of. Um, yeah. So that's, that's my one Connor, you take two and then I'll take three. Or uh, you- I mean, number two, let's see. I'll, I'll take, uh, I just, I just keep thinking about um, when I was growing up, I listened to like a lot of just like generic radio stuff. But the first time music really clicked for me was like this one Silver Sun pickup song. It's called Lazy Eye. Yep. It's a pretty popular song. And uh, I don't know. I just totally remember hearing that song for the first time in like some random person's car. And then I went home and I spent like a week just trying to figure that out on guitar. And I, I don't know, just like, you know, when you hear that one song that just resonates with you and you're so moved by it, uh, that was that song for me. I don't really listen to some pickups anymore, 
but uh, that song's always like super, super special to me. So I guess it's not really a person, but more of a song that was influential on me. That works. I'll go with it. Uh, but Absolutely. yeah, that song for me too. Fucking so good. That's okay. Yeah. And uh, Connor, I know you know, I know you're going to agree with my number three, um, but it. definitely, definitely number three for me. And I, I think for Connor too, has been uh, just, I, I already said his name once, but Drew Owens, the guy uh, who produced our music, man, he, he, completely opened my eyes um to kind of all of the different creative possibilities that that are available in a studio and uh the kind of discipline that that goes into making great music and um you know really really changed my attitude toward music and help us make help he helped us make an album that that we're really really proud of um and that, that frankly wouldn't have happened without him and i think that he he taught both connor and i so much um throughout the process so so, uh, so definitely, definitely put Drew on the board. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I got to say, uh, my number one guilty pleasure song of all time is all I want to do is Gerald Crow. Like that's, I, no that's, way. yeah, like it's, that's it's, crazy. Like it's, it's my karaoke go-to like a buddy in mine. And like, we always just like send it to each other randomly, just letting each other know we're thinking about them, you know, that kind of shit. That song's great. Um, yeah, I love that nuts. song too. <laughs> but that's cool that you have that connection. Like, there's, that's not a thing that happens for a lot of, you know, like that's 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 really fun. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, where where can our listeners find you guys online? Like, where's your hub? Our hub is just uh, IG, Instagram. Instagram. Uh, from there, you can. I think we have a little uh, link in the bio, where you can kind of branch out to Spotify, you know, Apple music. We have linked a couple of our music uh, videos on YouTube. So if you just come to IG uh, underscore stablemate, um, you can pretty much go from there. All right. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm stoked about this next part. Um, we're going to go ahead and play your song uh, language, which I'm absolutely in love with. Um, you guys want to introduce it? Connor, go ahead. Uh, yeah, this song is called Language. Um, once again, we wrote this. I wrote this uh, out in the middle of uh, Persian Gulf in the Middle East at first, and then uh, came back and hit the studio. And uh, super stoked about the way it came out. Hope you like it. All right, here we go.
That feels good. So, uh, so you guys have mentioned your producer a couple times, and tell tell me a little about the process of uh, recording this new album. Connor, you want to take that? Uh, yeah. I mean, just recording this album, uh, it was a little tricky because I was still uh, in the navy and uh, had to like just pick and choose a few pockets, like a, a week or two at a time over the span of like a year or maybe two. And, um, yeah, we just did someplace out in, uh, Roseville, California, you know, shout out Roseville city of music, city of dreams, um, city dreams. And, uh, it's like a small little town, which I, I thought it was so, I think Mitch and I both thought it was so funny that we just kept flying to Sacramento. Like how many times did we go to Sacramento? I don't know. I've been to Sacramento like 20 times, but yeah, we all went for, that's where Drew's studio is. So that's, 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 that's where we were going. Yeah. So here, here we go again to Sacramento. We spent most of our time. I was also thought. in Seattle and Connor lived in San Diego. So I feel like Sacramento is a, is a happy medium between the two. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, I mean, the whole process was really cool. We just show up, you know, I think we get a little coffee in the morning. Um, start cranking out, you know, guitars, keys, bass, and then in the afternoon, lay down some vocals and, um, yeah, slowly but surely it just, it came together. Yeah. Yeah. We, we basically would go whenever Connor would be available, able to get time off of the time off of the Navy, um, which is, which is more complicated than just, you know, taking PTO from my job. Um, we, we'd go down for, for a week or, you know, sometimes two weeks or, or, or 10 days, whatever we could squeak out. And, um, 
Yeah, because because we had to do it kind of so sporadically, it ended up taking a lot longer, which was, um, you know, sort of sort of a blessing and a curse because uh, I think I think you know it was frust- it, 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 it was fun that it took that long, and I'm I'm kind of glad that it did because we we uh, really sort of developed our sound over the course of those two years and um, and you know developed the songs to where to where they were uh, to where they are now. So so yeah yeah. One of my favorite parts of that recording uh, podcast, Bryson, was uh, we when we had like some like you know files from Dropbox or whatever, and we came back home uh, to Gig Harbor, and uh, Mitch played the song for his dad, and uh, and we, we like we were stoked on it. We were like so excited to show like anybody, and then we showed Mitch's dad, and he heard it, and after it was all over, he like listened to the whole song in silence, and then he told Mitch like. Like you know, Mitch, I think people might actually listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He was like, people might actually like this. Yeah. <laughs> like, like he was surprised somehow. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. people people say they're going to record their so album, funny. and then they show up with like this experimental noise project that doesn't sound yeah. good to even the Mars Volta. Uh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nailed it. Awesome. So. Uh, Let's uh, let's see here. Uh, what was the exact moment that you guys knew you wanted to be musicians? Like that was that was it. Mm. I don't know. I felt like I wanted to be. I I I actually started playing music a little bit um, earlier than than Connor did, and I I was in bands when I was in like eighth grade, and you know through middle school and all of that. And um, I feel like at that time I kind of wanted to be it was sort of what I wanted to be kind of right away. Um, and it was, it's something that I loved doing and something that I sort of, you know, imagined, imagined in my head. And then, um, and then as I kind of grew up, it sort of, uh, became fuzzier. Like I feel like it does for sort of everybody. Um, you know, as, as you start going into this sort of realistic adult life and, um, well now it's, now it's back harder than ever. So I guess, um, right back where I started in sixth grade, um <laughs> what what about you Carter? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh I already mentioned uh Lazy Eye was a big moment for me and that definitely made me want to learn how to play the guitar, but I think maybe it was just another album where like there's this album called Illuminate by Lydia that like absolutely <laughs> devastated me in the best way like when I was in middle school. It was like 2008 when that shit came out. Yeah, the hospital and, still uh, makes me almost cry. Yeah, I mean, I was devastated, and I was just so, like, overwhelmed. Like, I, nothing had ever happened, or I'd never heard anything in that type of way, and it just, like, unlocked this box in my head where it's like, dude, I just want to spend the rest of my life trying to, like, excavate whatever I can to, like, give this to other people because I want, I just, I'm, I'm in love with that that feeling, you know? Yeah, totally. And you guys definitely like you have your own sound and it's awesome. But there's definitely I hear that Lydia influence uh, a little bit for sure. Yeah. Oh, uh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so here's the important question of the day. Uh, what is your favorite curse word? Oh, <laughs> hell yeah. I'm, I'm a big fuck guy. I love fuck. It I'm has just, to be. It has to be fuck, dude. It you has can't to, be like, fuck. There's a lot of good swear words out there, but like. I mean, the fuck is just oh so I mean, versatile, so <laughs> versatile. <laughs> it's it really any is. scenario, yeah. Uh, and it always it's hard, you know. Yeah. It's good in humor. It's good in anger. It's good in sadness. Works yep. everywhere. It does. Yeah, I don't want to try and get too cute on this. You know, it's. I think it's just. It's probably the most popular one, and uh, 
probably not surprising anybody by saying it, but it has yeah, to be well, fucked. Well, what's yours, Bryson? Yours uh, got to be. Mine, mine is actually cunt. Um, oh, dude. Yeah, yeah. No, that one. That one punched. Ugh, yeah. It, it's oh, uh, in, like the, in like the British connotation, right? Where like you, you call your yeah, friend, yeah. like your acquaintance's mate and your best friend's cunt. Like in that connotation, it's my favorite. Right. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Australia. Yeah, it's big over there. Oh, over man. over here, it's like that one stings, man. Yeah, exactly. I don't so know I, why. That's what it's I love about it. It's like the 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 cultural differences between Australia, Britain, and America. Like how we hear, like like we barely get away with just typing out the phrase "see you next Tuesday," right? And like people get like all like you know bent out of shape out of like how dare you? Whereas in Australia and England, it's just like it's as casual as saying like "mom." <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's definitely Weird. a cultural one. I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna hang on. Fuck. No. Yeah, you should, you should. It's a great one too, and it is. You're right about the yeah, versatility. Man. You can use it as every fucking word in a fucking sentence. Um, and yeah, uh, out. yeah. Yes, no, yeah. you're not wrong. Uh, <laughs> and uh, what's your favorite piece of uh, music gear for both of you? Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, one that we use. I think the one we had most fun using in the studio was this uh voice live vocal pedal yep um which has not i think in the three singles it's never used actually <laughs> but as the album rolls out um you'll hear it quite a bit in like certain moments um but yeah i loved um you know messing with that with that pedal it's a lot of fun it's so it's so cool uh, i love that thing yeah and i'm gonna go with um i've got this this old like 1960s Gibson Super Jumbo, and um, it's basically the only guitar that I play. Um, it's an acoustic, and I just absolutely love the thing. And so, uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to go with that. I'm about it. All right. Um, and all right. So you guys, you're, uh, you know, you're on the uh, airplane for your international world tour. For whatever reason, you've got your whole record collection in <laughs> there. And it, the plane goes down. You only have time to save three records to play on your little coconut powered radio. What what three records are those? Oh, Connie, you, you, co- you said coconut you powered radio. Yeah. What's uh, like is that like a castaway thing or something? Yeah, like you're stranded on an island, and yeah, you've got a little coconut okay. powered. You know, I'm not going to concern myself with the science on that one, Bryson. But I'll give you the three <laughs> albums I would save. Uh, you think about that science for a while. Yeah, I'm gonna try and let go of that. But let's just say, all right, I'm grabbing three albums. Yep. Play on my coconut radio, and I'm gonna spin. Let's start off with. Uh, give me twenty-two a million. Bone Bear. I'm gonna want that. Yeah. Right. Oh, you want twenty-two? I'm gonna take twenty-two on that. Yeah. I like that pick. Um. Oof. Well, what I've been listening to um, Cardinal by Pine Grove a lot, so I'm gonna go put that in at number two. Right. Connor, you want to take us out with number three? Ah, so we got we got Pine Grove and Boney Bear. Uh, give me, you know, I'm gonna need we're gonna need a little hip hop on this island. Oh yes, <laughs> give me uh, give me Acid Rap, Chance the Rapper. Wow, wow, Brilliant. Dark Horse. I thought you were going to go My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. I could go there, too. Yeah, or maybe like Yeezus. I was thinking you were going to go Kanye for sure. All I'm right. Gonna take, I'm going to take Chano. Well, you did it. You took Chano. All right. Wow. This. We're settled. 
All right, we're settled. We're you guys have a party now. You have like your sad tunes, your party tunes. You're, you're good. You're good to go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so you you mentioned like boredom on a boat in the middle of nowhere being a, a big part of your writing, but like what lyrically, what your lyrical content? What do you mostly write about? Man, that is <laughs> such a good question and one that I have a tough time answering. But I, I guess. I guess like just sitting out there in the middle of nowhere and just like try to focus on concepts that make me kind of like, you know, terrified or, or uncomfortable or sad even. And kind of just usually, you know, naturally as a human, when you start to feel those like overwhelming thoughts, um, you try and like take, take your mind to a different place naturally. But uh, in this instance, I was, you know, like a, I just wanted to like, sit in that zone and really try and like dig up what I was really feeling or like what I was actually trying to address what I was like scared of or anxious of and, and, and just go from there. It was, it was pretty like a lucid experience. I wasn't really like thinking about a specific instance, but just it's a lot of like subconscious feelings that just come out. It's pretty cool actually when you, when you write it out and, you look back on it or you, you listen to language again and you're like, man, yeah, I totally remember where my head was at. So yeah, that's pretty much where I go. Oh yeah. Um, so what guys drives you guys as a band? Like what's what are, what are your goals and hopes and dreams and all that fun stuff? <laughs> we just want to keep making music. That's it. <laughs> that's, that's it. Yeah. Seriously. I mean, it's, I try not, I mean, there's, there's some goals or whatever, like I'm sure making, I don't know if we have a lot of measurable goals, but man, it's just so fun to, I mean, you probably know this person. It's so fun to just make music and, and put it all out there. It's like a yeah. scary process, but it's super rewarding in the end. And yeah, uh, we've had the time of our lives just sharing it with whoever wants to, to listen. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. totally. Process recording this album for us both, I think was, I mean, for me, definitely it's the most rewarding thing uh, I've ever done. And so um, I just want to do it again. And that's the goal. <laughs> I'm about it. Um, so here, here's a fun one. Uh, and I'd like to hear answers from both of you on this one. Uh, what is an unpopular opinion that you have that you know is true? <laughs> Jesus. Uh, bitch. Yeah. Good. Let's take it. One sec. I got to ruminate on that. Um, ruminate. <laughs> um, so you're looking for hot takes right now. Oh, yeah. I'm, looking, we, I'm for, looking for your hottest yeah. of hot takes. You know, hot take. All right. I got a hot take, though. Um, let me think about it. Oh, God, man. Okay. All right. Connor, we can't let the line go dry. All right. I'm just going to say one. Uh, I think that um, Meryl Streep is an average actress. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Care to elaborate? Uh, uh, no, no, honestly, I, I don't even really think that I just heard someone say that once and I thought it was a hot take. So I kind of just spat it out there. Um, <laughs> I think she's an amazing actress. Uh, <laughs> I just didn't want to let the line go cold too long. She's so good. <laughs> she's so talented. Like, I don't How could you even say that? I can't believe I said that. Unbelievable. <sighs> I just froze. I'll give you one. I'll give you one. Are we just talking right. about authenticity? 
<laughs> when it comes to music, not about not about references of actresses. Here's my hot take. I got one for you. All right. My favorite, and you can say what you want, but think about you know your favorite type of of chips. Okay. Okay. My favorite my favorite type of chips is, is classic Lay's. I swear to God, I go to the chip aisle. I beeline to classic Lay's. I no Cheetos, none of that, none of that like spicy stuff. I'm going straight to classic Lay's. Now, are you also picking up some like ranch dip or guacamole dip or bean dip or something of that nature? Or is oh, it God. just plain Lay's? No, but um, does it straight, dry. <laughs> it's so good, dude. Dry. It's like the guy. He has the taste. He's a, like his palate's like a four year old palate. It's potatoes yeah, and actually, salt. It's you can't go wrong, dude. They're so good. I I don't know why I catch so much flack on it, but I've just, but, like I used to be subconscious, but now I like like I used to walk down the chip aisle with friends, and I'm like, I want these classic lays, but I can't do it. And now I, I just and now I live in it. I just go straight forward. I don't care anymore. I'm so proud of you for learning to not give a fuck. Like that's so yeah. huge. <laughs> like, we we also like I hate to be like contrarian here, but we also talked about it. We looked it up to see what the most popular flavor of Lay's was, and it is classic Lay's by a landslide. So not a hot take. Well, of Lay's maybe, <laughs> but your only choice of flavors of Lay's are like salt and vinegar, uh, sour cream and onion, or regular. Like those are your only three options. That's not counting Doritos or Cheetos or Fritos or uh, anything else, yeah. right? That's true. That's true. I guess we haven't looked at the entire landscape of chips to see how they line up. We'll do that right after this call. <laughs> <laughs> right, or those, they, they made those biscuits and gravy Lay's once. Um, oh, yeah. I've never had that. That sounds gnarly. Does not like I love bits and gravy in a potato chip. That does not sound appealing at all. Uh, no, negative, negative. So, what would you guys say the most common myth you guys come across about being a musician is? Like, you know, you mentioned earlier about like playing your song for your dad. And he's like, people might actually like this, but like when you tell people like, <laughs> "Hey, I'm in a band. I'm in a musician." What do you think that they think that's not true? Oh man, I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I feel like when you tell people you're in a band and they don't know you and haven't listened to your music, um, I guess like, I mean, we're like adults in a band. So sometimes I think that people think, you know, uh, like people kind of roll their eyes at people that are in bands. But um, it, yeah, it's such a it's such a big part of my life. And I'm so and, and we're both so dedicated to it. And everyone in our band, Anna and Daniel, everyone in our band is so incredibly dedicated to it. And we're, we're really proud of the music that we came and it seems to be. Uh, resonating with people so i guess um just that we're not bad <laughs> um, that would be it hey that's 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 the dream really it's like yeah you're not bad yeah, yeah. No, it feels yeah. like it. I, I, i'll throw them on my spotify every once in a while they're not bad you know you're not yeah. bad uh and um uh um, what's the best show you guys have ever played? <laughs> we have a Paradise Paradise Theater. Paradise Theater, Gig Harbor, Washington. Year was about maybe 2012. I had a All broken right. hand. I was sitting on my amp with a broken hand. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like this little theater where people usually put on like uh, you know plays and, and stuff like that. Big theater theater house, and but. For some reason, it was turned into a venue this time, and uh, we got invited to open for like this band that uh, was a couple years older than us, and they were, they were super 
talented and then we were excited and uh yeah we we sounded really good like everything was super dialed in like i remember after the show like wow we've never really sounded that good and that was a big moment too because it kind of like created this feeling that i never felt before after performing it's pretty cool that's fucking badass all right so one last question if you guys could step into my shoes and be me for a day what would you have asked yourselves that i didn't Man, you're right. He's bringing that sweet heat, Connor. Bringing that sweet heat, man. All right, what would you have asked? What would I ask myself? What would you ask? Um, I guess, I don't know. I feel like you, you sort of asked it, but I guess, um, you know, what? what's kind of the what's the driver that sort of inspires you to write music or, Oh no, I got one. You know, what is your, uh, what does your process look like when you are writing music? There we go. What is it? Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) You gotta answer it. (laughs) Damn it. it, That was a good question. Well, you know, it, it changes, it changes. And definitely for this particular record, a a lot of it was, was written primarily by Connor and then, you know, he would send it to me and we would kind of tweak it and then we'd send it to Drew and then Drew would tweak it more and then we'd all go in the studio and um, Anna and Daniel are Anna and is our, our, our other vocalist and Daniel is uh, our drummer and and they would kind of help us. We would all sort of work together to really turn it into sort of the, the vision that we that we had as a band. Um I would say primarily that's kind of the way that it works now. You know, some songs, some songs I write, like a couple songs I write, and then most songs Connor writes. Anna wrote uh, was primary songwriter on on one of the songs on the record as well. And so, um, it, it, it's a, Connor's definitely kind of the foundation, and then um, from there, it's it's super super collaborative. Oh yeah. All right. Well, you guys have any final words for our audience? Nah. Thanks for listening. Thanks yeah, for listening. Yeah, no, you guys have to. Really fun time. Oh no, I I had a blast on this one, but yeah, you guys have to go check out uh, Stablemate. Thanks again. This has been I like your style with Elder Bryson. Tasty Truth.